You're listening to the Live Free Now podcast, bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. Find us online at livefreenow.show. And now your host, John Bush. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Live Free Now podcast, the official podcast of Live Free Academy, where we bring you news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. As you know, we have the Excellent Build Land Summit coming up May 13th through the 15th. I strongly encourage you to join us in person if you can in Bastrop, Texas, or you can watch for free online. You'll be able to participate in day one and day two, no cost whatsoever. Or you can dive deeper with the virtual immersion pass and take advantage of all the cool stuff we have going on on day three. You also get to ask questions of all the speakers and you get access to the replays. If you can't catch all of the talks live, you can register at exitandbuildlandsummit.com. That's exitandbuildlandsummit.com. Looks like we're live streaming on Odyssey. Yesterday we had some issues, but today we are piping out crystal clear and we're also tuning uh, live stream into Facebook and YouTube as well. So I want to shout out the audience, but we're especially happy about Odyssey because it's decentralized, blockchain-based, uncensorable. Okay, today we have a wonderful guest lined up for you. We are going to be speaking with Jim Gale of Food Forest Abundance. And I got to tell you what, he was one of the speakers at the Greater Reset 3. Maybe you caught it uh, live online, or maybe you were there in person in Mexico, or you joined us in Central Texas. and we had a lot of amazing speakers. There was like three dozen incredible doers, activists, innovators, but this guy, Jim Gale, he blew me and everyone that was attending away with his energy, with his captivating message, with his vision. He was just on fire. So we after he was done, I was like, we got to get this guy to speak at the Exit and Build Land Summit. And we did just that. So Jim will be presenting at the Land Summit on his visions for food forests all across the world. He's also doing some intentional community projects as well. So we wanted to bring him on the show to teach you all about food forests, freedom, abundance. And one thing I really like about Jim is he's a doer. He thinks big too. He's got that big thing that's like, wow, these are huge dreams, but he's got the tenacity and he takes the massive action in order to actually pull them off. And I think that's some really valuable characteristics to have in a fellow freedom lover. So without further ado, Jim, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, John, and thanks for that great intro. And, uh, I, you know, I read something that you wrote the morning that I was speaking at the uh, summit there in Texas, and yeah. you wrote, sometimes it's hard for us to think big because it feels uncomfortable. And then when we, when we talk big to our friends and family and neighbors in our community, a lot of times they're like, oh, who do you think you are? Well, guess what? We think that we are spirit playing a divine game and that this is the path to freedom. And so I'm so excited to be here and share this. And I'd like to get into some of the details because we've got four design teams working at Golf's Landing right now. And you talked about this intentional community. When people ask us, what are your HOA dues? I laugh. Right. This idea that we have to spend money to live on property is bass backwards. It's absolutely silly. Your property is your foundation of your life. Like this is the area where you when you do the most logical things and design in abundance into your property, you don't have dues. 
you have excess. So that's what we're doing at Golf Landing to show the world how easy it is to, pr to provide radical abundance in every way. Right on. Cool. All right. Well, uh, before we get into all the stuff you're doing with this cool project, because I'd love to learn more about it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Because you weren't always uh, this freedom kind of guy that was into permaculture and food forest. You actually were in the permaculture or the finance and the corporate world. Right. So tell us a little bit about your Genesis story, so to speak. OK, um, it started really for me when my coach asked the whole team to write their goals. And I had never written my goals. I had never even thought of myself in the future other than like the party next week or something. And so I looked at this paper as homework, but I had to do it because it was for wrestling. And so I set it on my desk on a Friday afternoon and it was nagging me. It was saying, you got to get this done. you got to get this done for Monday morning practice. And I wasn't a very good wrestler the two years previous to that. I had failed. I didn't place in the state tournament my senior year. I had failed my freshman year in college. And so when I started writing my goals on that Sunday night, I started visualizing and imagining and experiencing myself in the future. And that radically changed my life. For the first time, I had written a future that was beautiful and joyful and, well, very successful. And thanks to that seed that I then nourished throughout my college career, I ended up being a four-time All-American and national champ, inducted into the Hall of Fame. And the thing that made me the kind of the most... Um, well, I was proud of this at the time, very proud of it, I still am, is when my teammates nominated me captain of the team as a redshirted freshman in college, which is very rare. It was a young team, so I was the most logical choice. And the team itself went from seventh in conference to second in nation by the time I was a senior. It was really an amazing experience. Then I moved to Hawaii, lived there for four years. I was in the bartending and bar managing business, Prince was at our bar two New Year's in a row in a strip mall in the middle of nowhere, Maui, Hawaii. Um, that was cool. And then I wrote my goals for the second time at 29. And I wrote that I wanted because I was broke. I was living in Surfer's Paradise, Australia. I was heading to Africa to live with the Maasai and just travel like a backpacker. And um, I wrote that I wanted to have $3 million in three years. And I had bartending experience with a teaching degree. When I got home and I shared my goals with my roommates who had just graduated from college with engineering degrees and they were doing really well. They were making 60 grand a year and they were very proud and they were kicking ass. Well, when I told them my goals, they did what we alluded to earlier. They said, Jim, you're fucking crazy. You cannot do that. That's not how it works. It's impossible. And one of the guys, Pete, he actually got mad. Like he was mad at me for having my goals. I was like, that's interesting. I thought it was funny because it was too late. I had already incorporated the vision into who I was. And then this is how it works when you step back from the effort and the struggle and you step into a place of faith and courage and understanding, then the universe will open itself up in ways. And this is also, by the way, not just woo woo, it's also very scientific, right? It's both woo and science, it's where it comes together is the reticular activating system in your brain, which is the part of your brain that, that you help decide what's important to me and what's not important to me, right? So if you get a red car, all of a sudden you see red cars. If you're pregnant, you know, then all of a sudden you see pregnant people everywhere. 
And so when you can create and structure your reticular activating system to line up the future in a way that serves you and others, that's what I have been learning about for these decades. So um, three years later, three and a half years later, um, the mortgage company, and I had no industry knowledge of mortgages. My mom was a realtor. That's the closest I ever got to knowing what a mortgage even was. And then I learned it was a death pledge. Mortgage is a death pledge. I was in that business for three and a half years, did $1.3 billion in total gross revenue, and I didn't like the business. I The money was ridiculous. I ended up buying a boat living on the ocean and I was getting checks in for a hundred grand a month and I was not very happy. And that, that was the part where it helped me to say, okay, this money thing is pretty cool, but it's only a tool. And then I moved to Costa Rica because I love the jungle. In fact, I was called nature boy growing up. That's uh, I just, I had frogs. I played with frogs and snakes and turtles and I was fishing every day in my childhood and when I got to Costa Rica, that's when I had my first two daughters. And I learned that we are destroying our planet on multiple levels. I also read pilled at the same time. So I learned permaculture. I learned that building seven did not fall at free fall speed into its own footprint without a plane hitting it just because buildings do that. <laughs> I mean, I was like, wow. So I learned all this stuff and I went through a period of intense struggle or cognitive dissonance where I had two competing belief systems. The belief system that I was taught growing up, the governmente narrative, the mind control narrative. And I was like, but the Pledge of Allegiance, I didn't know it was the Bellamy salute. I didn't know any of these things. I didn't understand or understand compartmentalization. I just was confused for a while. And that's what a lot of people in the world are going through now, thanks to this amazing apocalypse that we're in, which means lifting the veil. People are starting to see and they're confused, they're frustrated, they're fearful, they're angry, they're rageful, they're shameful, right? So when we can step into ourselves and let that go, right? But that's, that's the key to inspirit people, to inspire people, to see what's possible for them as individuals and then for their family and their community. So um, I went through two years of struggle and then I read Bill Mollison's quote, though the problems of our world are increasingly complex, the solutions remain embarrassingly simple. And I started to bawl. Um, I do a lot of deep breathing now, especially when I feel my energy going, woohoo. I started the ball and I, since that point, about 14 years ago, I have been, I started out being obsessed for about 13 years, obsessed with the question, how do we inspire and empower the masses? How do we catalyze a shift in consciousness that leads to mass adoption of the most logical thing we could ever do? And that's live with faith and courage and live with self-reliance. And then, and then I went deeper and said, okay, what is the foundation of self-reliance? Well, faith and courage are the metaphysical foundation. And then food for us everywhere, the Garden of Eden everywhere is the next logical step for humanity. So then I started working on how do we do that? And so when you're obsessed with something and you ask the question thousands of times a day and, every, and you, and I want to share something about belief systems and about this type of thing. When you 
create something so strong in your reticular activating system, you create filters for reality. So reality happens and then it comes through the filters that we intentionally design for our lives. And then we start picking out the important pieces like what's happening in the last year since I changed my obsession from obsession, which is kind of stressful. A lot of meditation, a lot of teachings, a lot of learning from the greats, the Eckhart Tolle's, the Abraham Hicks, the uh, Alan Watts of the world, Terrence McKenna, a lot of meditation and center. And then all of a sudden these ideas come and it all fits in. It's like a puzzle. Freedom is a puzzle. The Freedom Cell Network is a huge part of that puzzle. And all of these other things that we are all doing together. In fact, all the pe people I met at the last event there in Texas, we're partners now and brothers and, and compadres forever because we're all in the same. We have one general mission, right? We're not like-minded except for one thing. And I don't believe in like-mindedness. I don't want like-minded. I want diversity of mind, right? Governmente wants us to be like-minded under their governance, right? Diverse-minded is the key to the success and the foundation of the strength of our society. However, freedom is the one thing that we all agree with completely. So, John, thank you for having me on your show so I could go off on a little rant there. <laughs> all right. We like rants. Rants are great. Uh, I appreciate what you said about the reticular activating system. I learned about that from uh, Tony Robbins, who had a huge influence on me. He was actually like the first uh, self-development guru kind of guy that I dove into. But uh, it's funny because my fiance, we just had a we had our water heater spring a leak while we were out of town and it flooded out our kitchen. But nonetheless, we hired a plumbing company called Parabec Plumbing. It's not a paid uh, mentioned there, of course. But uh, now she's like, oh my God, Parabex everywhere. I see their vans everywhere. And there's a billboard. And we went to a movie at the local movie theater and they had an advertisement at the beginning. She's like, they're everywhere. I was like, it's just because you did business with them. Now you're noticing them. And so I really appreciate how you bring that up because we have the power and the capability to program our minds in order to be beneficial vehicles for our success and for us creating a life of our dreams. And the unfortunate thing is far too often, people have a mind that's programmed for stress and for victimhood and disempowerment. And I noticed so much in our community and our movement, when we're talking about these big ideas, like we should create these autonomous communities and these confederations that link up and cryptocurrency can help us avoid the central bank digital currencies people's first response is, well, what if they shut down the internet? Or, oh, they have drones and they'll just come and bomb your community. And, and they, their first instinct is to think of ways that it couldn't work rather than focusing on ways that it can work. And in many instances, like with cryptocurrency, it's freaking working. Yeah. So I just want to reiterate what you're saying. We really do have the power to tune our mind towards success and empowerment. And it makes a world of difference and our experiences and the quality of life that we enjoy. And it's a conscious choice that each and every person can make. And so, oh, that's so you make choice and it's like yes. only 10 X and all your stuff you're doing. 100, 300 X in the last year. And you brought up something in my mind, Victor Hugo's quote. Yep. And anybody who's heard me has heard this quote because it's so freaking profound. There's one thing stronger than all of the armies of the world. 
And that is an idea whose time has come. Now, let's unpack that a little bit. What are all of the armies of the world controlled by? The same families that have controlled them for hundreds of years, right? There's one army. We look at them. They've got different flags. They've got different symbols. They've got different ways of representing themselves. But my friends, there's really one army. And so what is the idea whose time has come? Now, that statement doesn't say the new idea. It says the idea whose time has come. That means the idea is already out there, right? The idea is so simple. The idea is light mente. The idea is the opposite of govern mente, right? And then, uh, then boom, if that's the idea, which is enlightenment, <laughs> there's... This is this just cracks me up when you think about how absurd and how much of a lie it is. There's different forms of governmente. Religion to rebind is a form of governmente, and they tell you that you can't go to heaven without crossing through these barriers because you have no direct source. Your only way to get in touch with spirit, with source, with God is through this particular entity, which you, by the way, have to pay for and blah, 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 blah. Now, I have grown up Catholic and I'm dear friends and I love the foundational elements of a lot of these spiritual doctrines. I just want to point out that they also have some wickedness in some cases. So open up your mind to that possibility and say, I am direct connect with source. And then that's when the ideas and the idea whose time has come will filter in. Yep, that's right. And everyone's all got these weird perverted thoughts and like distorted perceptions of reality. But really, it's just about aligning with truth and wisdom and love and light and recognizing that inside of each and every one of us. OK, cool. So talk about food forests and why you are so adamant about this being such a potent solution, because it seems like it's one of those foundational elements of change that can benefit so many different areas of our own lives, but also of society in general. So yeah, let's let's hear why you're so passionate about food forest. If you start by just defining what a food forest is specifically. Yes. Awesome. A food forest is a system that mimics a natural system that is designed to benefit us, to benefit humanity, which, by the way, means it benefits the habitat on every level. It's an abundant producing system. And there are so many beliefs. In fact, the American lawn or, and the lawns around the world in general are the biggest mass brainwashing scam, the most detrimental mass brainwashing scam of all time. And this is not by accident. Henry Kissinger 50 years ago said, if you want to control people, control food. That statement was not made by some random fella. That was made by a man who was the head of the Council of Foreign Relations and met with every U.S. president. So that was his strategy as the representative of the families that have been the governmentes forever, um, for hundreds and hundreds of years. And so um, then if the, if the problem is the control of the food supply or a centralized food supply, and by the way, his strategy has led to basically two corporations running the whole world's food supply. So if that's the problem, then the question is, in permaculture style, what is the solution? The problem is centralized food. The solution is decentralized food. So then you look at how do we do that? Well, 40 million acres of lawn just in the United States. When we turn half of that into regenerative 
edible landscapes or food forests, then we reverse mass extinction. We reverse deforestation and cancer and heart disease and diabetes and all of the forms of tyranny that plague and destroy our world simply by doing what's best for us. Right. And this is Nash's equilibrium. And um, uh, for 150 years, Adam Smith had was the guy that the modern economists at the time thought was the best solution for the economy. And that solution was every person in a system, if they do what's best for themselves, then you'll have a strong economy. Well, John Nash added one simple, simple little piece. Do what's best for yourself and others. And when you start looking at others, and by the way, he's a math genius. He actually mathematically proved that when you add the and others, that your life gets better, right? That everybody's life raises that's involved in that and others, and then everybody's abundant, except for the the nutcases, the 0.0001% of people who are causing, really, they're the catalyst for this suffering on our planet. Now, I'm also a fan of Abraham Hicks and Law of Attraction and the fact that contrast is what it takes. The friction, we don't, we wouldn't have babies without friction. We wouldn't have life without friction. We wouldn't have, without the yin and the yang, this would be, I don't, there would be nothing here. There'd be no, nothing to build from. So when I look back on these wicked people, I do not want them to exist in the world. Don't get me wrong. But also without their insanity, we wouldn't have the opportunity that we have right now. And that's to manifest, to create the Garden of Eden everywhere. Not the religious place, but the place of joy and abundance and spirituality and health and wellness everywhere. Right on. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that. And you reminded me of another Tony Robbins thing where he says um, that we shouldn't see things happening as to us. Rather, they're happening for us. Yes. And that's how I viewed this whole COVID thing. Even early on, I was like, here's four opportunities that this whole pandemic creates for us. And wouldn't you know it with the Freedom Cell Network, for example, before COVID, we had about a thousand people that were registered on the website participating. Now there's over 33,000 people after COVID. It's because <laughs> they overplayed their hand. Yeah. Much like with 9-11, a bunch of people were like, wait a second, building seven, I don't know, put options prior knowledge, drills, all this stuff. And then uh, also the bailouts that took place in 2008, 2009, that was also shook a lot of people up and woke them up. So it's just all about how we choose to show up in the world. So uh, I want to get into these uh, intentional community projects that you're doing also, but how would someone go about starting a food forest? Uh, if you'll share about food forest abundance, yeah. but then also just some basic stuff people can do uh, to get started, you know, planting the trees, berms and swales. Like, what does this look like? What are the different layers? How easy is it to do a food forest? Awesome. So this, everything starts with a thoughtful design. We launched about 11 months ago or 12 months ago. It'll be Earth Day. It'll be 12 months. And we launched on the high wire with Dell Big Tree. And what we did for him, we, we turned some of his, his place near his studio there into a food forest. And we basically talked about how simple it is when you design it properly and then you add a, a very small amount of maintenance. And this is where a lot of people 
we have belief systems, BS, bad science and belief systems, all BS around how easy it is to grow food. I like to use one peach tree as an example, a peach tree guild. So you've got one tree that'll take maybe a hundred square foot of footprint on your yard. Right now it's an area you don't have to mow every other week in the summertime and you will produce, let's say 250 peaches per year out of that tree. Now, when you put a guild around it, which is a community of plants that support each other, that nurture each other, that build soil, uh, a food forest is a system that actually builds abundance. Right. The, the energy comes in from that free energy device up in the sky called the sun. And that's converted into food for us and not just any food, but the most nutrient dense, tasty food. The stuff you get at the store isn't even I don't it's not even real food in a way. When you pick it vine ripened and you take a bite and it's dripping down your chin, it's it's going to taste better and have way more nutrition for you. So we design these systems. We now have 41 professional food forest landscape designers. The designers are people that studied permaculture and they, this is an, an, a forever study, by the way, like that nature is so amazing and complex, but yet it's so simple to model nature. We're not creating new nature. That's what some crazy people are trying to do. They're trying to <laughs> take over that whole system. Well, that that's just silly. It's radically unsustainable. So we work within the boundaries, which are very limitless of the natural system to design systems that make sense for the individual. And the design starts with what agricultural zone are you in and what plants go well in that zone all the time, like naturally without any extra effort. Then we ask the customer, the, um, yeah, the customer, what is your goal? What do you envision? What kind of foods do you like? Do you want to incorporate chickens or fish or water catchment or solar or swales or different things? And then the professional designer, or if you're a developer with a development, the development team, we have a development team specifically for developers, then they'll take all of the information and then they'll go to our design network and they'll say, here's a design um, that we'd like to, what are we going to put here? What are we going to put here? Why? And then, so we add all of the different components and plants in the areas that they're best suited for relative to the shade and the wind and the water and all the different facets that go into the permaculture design process. When that's done, you'll have a food forest blueprint that's about 45 pages long. And within that blueprint document, which is fantastic, you'll have your custom design. When it's done, then you can either DIY it and we will help you through that process. In fact, our entity, our company, we're, we're here for the long haul. We're looking at the long game. Um, we actually are putting 100% of our net monthly profits back into the system, at least until we reach the tipping point where we feel like we've won. And at that point, I might get my second house in Hawaii. But until then, we're putting it all back in because we're not paying taxes to an entity that we are at war with. And because it's the best thing for me and my family and my community and my world. Um, so that's a little bit about the design process. It's very detailed and it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Super groovy. Yeah, I appreciate uh, the work that you guys are doing, making that more accessible uh, to more people. Uh, we have about 65 people watching live on Odyssey and uh, 
64 on YouTube, six on our Freedom Cells Facebook page, and a few on my personal page. So I'm going to shout everybody out. Uh, we're going to continue the interview here, and I want to remind you that Jim will be presenting at the Excellent Build Land Summit May 13th to the 15th. You can register for free to watch day one and two online at exitandbuildlandsummit.com. That's exitandbuildlandsummit.com. Or much preferably, I prefer it, Jim prefers it, if you join us in person, there's going to be 500 people, 500 freedom lovers, all joining together, congregating together, networking, sharing our vision, sharing our love for freedom in Central Texas, the Bastrop Convention Center. That's a lot of people. I don't know if there's still some folks, even in our community, that haven't really got out and done a bunch of events and stuff, but we've been pounding out the events left and right, of course. But 500 people is a lot of people. And when you get together with people that are have the same goals and same vision, it really is a powerful space to be present in. So I strongly encourage you to join us. There's still tickets left, exit and buildlandsummit.com. I also wanna invite folks to ask questions in the chat. If you ask a question, put it in all caps so we'll notice it. Ask your question in all caps. I saw some folks talking about being in Canada. So maybe you could, uh, do you have any advice for folks that live in cold climates? They were saying yes. like, we can't do this in the cold, but uh, I noticed on your website, you encourage people to do indoor growing as well, but what's some advice you would give to folks that live up north or that live in, in Canada or in a, a cold climate? We have customers in Alaska, in Canada. My buddy in northern Minnesota off the tip of Lake Superior has 300 different species of edible and medicinal plants growing in his yard. His food forest is so expansive that he estimates tens of thousands of berries and all these other types of foods have been planted by the birds and the wind and the rain in the forest around his house. So think about how big of a deal that is. Food forests by their very nature are expansive, right? It's such a beautiful thing. So everything you believe about growing food, if you've got a forest near your house, then you can have a food forest. And how much maintenance does the forest down the road take or in your backyard if you live in the country? How much maintenance does it take? It takes zero maintenance, right? Nature source does the maintaining. So when you design it right to be edibles and to start really learning about what's edible. In fact, when you go outside and you're in a forest, so many of those things are edible. You just don't know what they are. Well, this is part of the process of becoming self-reliant. And if you look at the return on investment on your time, being out there, is the meditation that is the time savings it's the joy right have you ever walked through a forest <laughs> it, a lot of times if people are feeling bad they go into a forest and it's scientifically proven to help you feel better so then when you, we learn that kind of thing that's part of the observe and interact that permaculture teaches and people say how much like i asked my partner dr ian scott how much do you work in your food forest and he goes oh about a half an hour a day and i said wait a minute Ian, I've seen you out here. You just sit around and look at your plants. I said, how much do you actually work? And he goes, I never work. In other words, he loves it, right? And that's the same thing I feel. I love being in there because it's a vibrational energy shift. And it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, right on. I'm a, a fan. You know, I, I studied Buddhism for a while, and but I was never able to sit and meditate. I think it's just my nature. Uh, I would probably it would behoove me to do that. You know, it'd be like strengthening a muscle, right? Or like getting comfortable with the uncomfortable is a nice expression, but I like walking meditation. I especially like walking meditation in nature, just tuning out the thoughts, 
paying attention maybe to the wind or the feeling of your feet as you walk through the grass. Um, so having a food forest or a forest in general is definitely a great space to get in touch with nature and to get in touch with yourself, which is the same thing really is getting in touch with nature because we're all yes, it is understanding. That's right. Yeah, I like I like it how you say that. Um, okay, so let's talk about this Galt project. What's it called? Galt's what? Galt's Landing. Galt's so Landing. All right, break it down. Where is it at? What's it all about? How do people get involved? What are some of the visions? Um, and I also like if you could get into some of the details about the legal structure because I that's something that a lot of people struggle with. How is it? What's the ownership model? Is it a business? Is there co-ownership? Do people have a stake? Uh, that's something that a lot of people are struggling with, and we're definitely going to get in depth at the summit on those topics. So, yeah, illuminate us on this project you're doing. So, Galt's Landing after John Galt from Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged. It's about the power of the individual who just goes for it and doesn't listen to all the craziness. Um, it, that's who it's named after. And at Galt's Landing, it's a completely off-grid luxury community and everything is by design and very intentional we are building a studio the first building that i'm building my partner brian already has a house there and by the way it's it's 52 acres on a private 430 acre lake with a runway a mile long paved runway on the east coast of the property which we're looking to purchase um but we've got the only dock on this lake which to me is just incredible because i'm a bass fisherman and i just think it's that was always my dream so 52 acres we're doing all of our own food water energy wine alcohol medicine everything you can imagine that we need for to to thrive not to live um and, and the other thing is a lot of people when you think about off-grid don't you think about a cabin in the woods or something that is kind of really rustic now i love those my wife not so much and I also like nice houses. So we're building a nice community, kind of a luxury type of community so that we can demonstrate what freedom looks like every single day in uh, at our studio, which is the first building that we're building. We're gonna literally walk outside. In fact, about eight months ago, we started planting and we've got so much food growing right now at Gulf Landing that 90% of it goes back into the ground. We're not eating it and that's good that's fine that that packet of seeds cost us three bucks we got probably 30 bucks of food out of that package of seeds and the other 90 percent of it is just going right back into the ground so golf's landing by the way it's sold out and it's sold out at a great price um and the developer brian he did well he's putting in all sorts of extra resources and he's putting in hundreds of thousands of dollars into the food systems so again there's no dues we're not going to have dues at our community and no community needs to have hoa dues what we get to have is an hoa profit by creating abundance on the community land and we're also doing classes in fact we're going to have a weekend class after the exit and build summit the uh, last week of may the, on the weekend and we're going to have a class basically uh, it'll be a three-day class we just had one a five-day one two weeks ago where people can come to the site and learn the basics of permaculture and how easy it is to grow food when you follow the principles Super groovy, super groovy. So uh, people purchase their lot and they build their own home and they own their lot. 
Is it more yes. like traditional subdivision in that in the legal regard, except it's got all the food forest and all the cool people there? That's right. Although we are looking, we have talked to Ron, um, connected from Mike Winter, um, about a low deal title. And um, the process is just at the tip. I'm so excited about that. I, I cannot wait to, to see if that prod if that's real, if that comes to fruition or not, I know it will eventually because we're in this transition where we're either going to all make it or not make it probably in the next three to five years, we're going to know. And I know we're going to make it because while well, we're spirit having this experience, um, but that, that is coming this alloidal title, this idea of taxes and all oh, this is just completely bullshit. There should not be property taxes. That's all just a form, another tool of enslavement and theft. Yeah, you never really own your property when you have to pay property taxes. Um, there's always folks that are encouraging me to bring some allodial title people to speak at the land summit. My only concern, the way that I respond is, show me somebody, ideally in Texas, that has reestablished their allodial title and is leveraging that strategy in order, and they're not paying property tax, and they didn't just do it, or they're not tied up in a court battle show me where it's worked before and yes it's just a struggle with a lot of this you know this whole lineage of uh common law sovereign citizen re-inhabit this uh state citizenship that it's just kind of a struggle i did the whole right to travel thing for a while and i didn't have a license plate didn't have a driver's license didn't actually i had an expired tag um yeah. and i didn't have the inspection and registration and stuff and i even tried to use all of the verbiage and the jurisdiction challenges and all this stuff and at the end of the day it was just it was a total headache and i just realized yeah. like true sovereignty is asserting your sovereignty and oftentimes when it comes to that legal kind of stuff it's it's a lot of work it's a lot of money it's a lot of stress so but uh i you know i'm a big fan of mike winter and the yeah. ron gibson guy apparently is the guy that's got the the magic sauce so definitely yeah. want to learn more more about that be, be i would advise you to be careful and cautious especially if there's folks that are already that already bought the land and stuff. Last thing you want to do is go up against the state, and they're like, "Well, we don't care about what you say about yeah. it, now we're taking your property." Exactly. If they're judges and their violence enforced <laughs> procurement agency um, just doesn't listen to you, then you just lose everything. And that's exactly where we're at. We don't know what we don't know in that regard. However. I think that now's the time. Now's the time to push the envelope, push the edges in every way. Cause, cause when we inspire more people, that's what it's all about. It's like when we stand up, then they, they there's no more control, but we got to do it together. And that's what yeah, you're that's, doing. That's, that's what the build is all about. all about. People have this strategy or that strategy with the sheer yes. strength and numbers, yes. perhaps we could overcome their effort to shut us down. Or they're like, we're going to take your property and like 50 of us show up at the property and we're like, no, we're camping out here until you guys recognize that this isn't going to happen. But uh, yeah, okay, cool. So the project's in Florida, you said? Yes, this project is in Florida, and we've got developers coming to us all over the world, and we're designing these systems. And it's really, the, the sooner a developer starts the process of design, the better, because where the houses go, where the streams go, where the pathways and roads go, all of it is very thoughtful as to what's the best way to do it to create the most abundance for the least amount of energy in. Right on. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, somebody asked earlier, let's see, how long does it take to get the blueprint to use once paid and gone through the design? From Funny Bones, watching on YouTube. 
Hey, Funny Bones. So Blueprint right now takes about three weeks. It's a very detailed process by within two weeks where it, it might take six weeks because we've doubled, like we doubled in sales February to March, and we are probably going to double again here in April. Um, so we went from two designers 12, 13 months ago to 41 designers. In fact, if you know any designers, we just had uh, Greg just reached out. He worked with with um, Bill Mollison directly and Jeff Lawton. So anyway, we're attracting some amazing designers to help lead the team. So if you're a designer or if you'd like to be in the business of helping people install these, it's it's incredible business as well. Excellent, excellent. Somebody else says, uh, Florida is where it's at. Freedom and food forests abound here. I'm a big fan of Florida too. I'm a Texas guy. That's where I was born and and uh, that's where my biggest, like our community is here in Central Texas. We have a community all over the place, but Florida is a close second. I love it there. I'm not a government guy or politics guy, but I got, I gotta, I gotta say, Ron DeSantis seems like a pretty cool, pretty cool governor compared to most. What are your thoughts yeah. on him? You know, I'm skeptical when it's anybody in that field of government. How did they get there? Why did they get there? And so on. However, he seems to be saying a lot of the right stuff. One of the things that my buddy Sean, who's a, a legal a lawyer here, um, Sean McBride, he is going after them for the fact that there are still mandates on the books of forced, vaccin forced vaccinations. Wow. That needs to be gone. And until that's gone, I am going to not completely trust anybody. Sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. There's somebody in the comments that's saying, you know, to live this life, requires funds and there's people that already have money and they're they have their share and i guess i don't know sounds like some uh I, you know what, and stuff but can you kind of just talk i, I love that i'm so thankful for that so i i made about 20 million dollars starting from broke and i went down to negative eighty thousand. a year ago i had maxed out my credit cards i had sold most of my gold and silver um and it was one of those times in life where I was so driven by this mission that nothing could stop me. I knew something down deep in me knew. And, and in fact, I remember the step I was taking. It's the time when I fully let go of the fear and I fully aligned with faith, with this idea of faith. This, it's not just an idea, it's an experience of, and then, well, it, now it's coming abundance is flowing again massively and it's not the resources but the resourcefulness right so it's being a lack the lack of resourcefulness is the problem so then the solution is starting to open your mind to the resources that you you desire right so say what do you want out of life and then find a way to serve in order to get that when you serve in a way that creates like a voluntary exchange of value then you're good so most people who say that they're really so stuck in their own pain they're not serving right so i invite you to serve in a way that also benefits you yeah right on you know a lot of folks come from nothing some people come from advantage or some sort of quote unquote privilege, but there's a lot of people. In fact, most of the millionaires in the United States of America are self-made millionaires, first generation millionaires. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that made the difference for me in financial success and just growing my businesses was, was mindset, right? Because for the longest time I was putting in the work 40, 50, 60 hours consistently, 
I think I had a pretty good vehicle in order to make money with, but I was operating from a place of fear. Uh, I was coming at it from my actions and the massive action I would take to the point of exhaustion would be motivated by not wanting to be broke, not wanting to have the electric turned off in our apartment, um, and just that fear and anxiety around not making it and not showing up for my family. But when I flipped the script and instead allowed myself to be pulled towards a vision for what I wanted in the future, right? Like I got big dreams and plans too. I want to have a private jet someday. I will have a private jet someday. Um, I want to, like, we do all these events all the time and we're always using someone else's space. We're going to build a world-class, Marina Camps watch, and she's on, in, on board with that vision, but we're going to build a world-class event center. Like, there's this Bastrop Performing Arts Center. It's really nice. Every time I go in there, I'm like, this is what we're going to build. Awesome. It'll have homeschool co-op buildings yeah. and it'll have co-working space and all this stuff. But it's those visions that allow me to pull towards the, towards the future instead of, being operating from this energy of fear and anxiety yeah. about poverty, I'm being pulled towards wealth and abundance and it made all the difference. And like you said, serving people and adding value for other people's lives and yeah. and and just being a steward, a change maker, helping people solve problems, I think really makes a world of difference. It sure does. And I'll add one more layer in for people who want to grow, but they might not have the financial ability at the moment to get a design or they might not have property. You could literally go to the store and buy the some healthy, organic, non-GMO food at the store, which by the way, you don't buy GMO food at the store typically. Anyway, it's that's the wheats and the corns and the grains that turn into the pig food and then filter through all of the crazy poisonous food that humanity eats. My point is, Go buy some organic tomatoes and cucumbers and squash and other things that you would buy anyway, and then save the seeds. Then go on YouTube and look up how to propagate this particular type of seed. Now you've just created with a $20 bill of food that you're going to eat anyway, and taking an extra five to 10 or 20 minutes to save the seeds. Now you've got your own garden. Heck yeah. Yeah, there's all sorts of ways to do it. I think the most important thing too is just to start, just to, start. to give it a try. Yeah. Um, I don't know, you're making it sound like it's easy, but I've I've struggled to take things from seed to fruit sometimes. Like I've still never grown an ear of corn completely, yeah. like a full ear of corn. Um, but I think the most important thing is for folks to just go experience it, get your hands in the dirt. Even folks that are like, well, I can't do that. Back to the limiting beliefs. I can't do this because I, I have an apartment. Well, you know, you could do container gardens on the back porch. You could do hydroponics inside. You could set something up in the kitchen or yes. whatever just to get things get yes. things going. Um, somebody had five-gallon buckets of potatoes are there fantastic. Yep, yep, and that's good uh, caloric intake there. Do the designs work with established dense forest land, or is more open space easier for design implementation? So where there's a full canopy already, then the only option you're going to have is understory trees. Um, there's a lot of fantastic edibles that you can put in the understory of a canopy. What I would suggest is take some of those bigger trees and turn them into mulch, turn them into um, the next. Well, if it lived once, it can live again. So take them down, grind them up and put them on the ground or make hugel mounds, right? Where you bury them and then they can become the food for the next layer. So what that'll do is it'll also bring light into the area and then you can plant other fruit trees in that area. But starting with a dense canopy is, is what you want. And then you just maybe redesign very strategically. 
Nice. I just realized that my microphone is actually the webcam microphone, so I hope the quality is okay. How do I sound? I sound good on your end, Jim? Yeah, very good. All right. When it, I do a lot of video production stuff and, and workshops and all this stuff, and I think it's like my ear and my eye is different than the people viewing. Most of the time, everyone's just cool, cool, but I'm like, yes. wait a second, that's not as crisp. <laughs> it's not 1080p video, but most people are just here for the content, not for yeah. the for pro audio quality. Okay, energy. somebody else had a question. Uh, I'm interested in learning more about this particular approach. Do you have learning resources or a certification program? We do actually at foodforestabundance.com. We have all sorts of details. In fact, we're bringing in such a network that we have classes, multiple classes a week about how to grow food, about permaculture design, about the cooperative network. We've got an abundance. This one, I got to get this down. Abundance Ambassador Network. And it went, we started 90 days ago, went from zero to like 400 and some people and like boom. And so if you want to be part of that, there's just tons of resources and we're never going to stop. Like this is too much fun to ever stop. Right on. Uh, Darina says, I'm in the city and nothing grows on my balcony. We have these winds created by buildings. What kind of solution? Remember, don't see problems, see solutions instead. What would you do in that instance, Jim? So, um, you know, I would, I got the permaculture principles right here. I would print out the permaculture principles and look over at your desk and read them saying, okay, how could that apply here? Right. Um, I would put a uh, wind barrier on the railing of your deck. And then I would have the plants where they get some sun, but they're protected from the wind. And I would border the whole thing with basically raised beds. Um, that's for annuals. Annuals are very important. And I think it's an important distinction. Annuals are plants that you plant once, you harvest the crop. Sometimes it's five years, like some tomato plants live a long time, but then you replant to get more. Perennials are fruit trees and berry bushes and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of other plants that you plant once and you never have to plant again. They just keep growing and providing. Right on. Uh, you could do starter plants on the inside of the house too without the wind. And then once they're strong enough, you move them outside. And actually the wind can really strengthen uh, the roots and the stem of the plant. I remember I used to have a secret cannabis grow off in my, in my room when I was a kid and uh, not like super young, but, and I, we had a little fan in there to, strengthen yeah. the stock of the, yep. of the cannabis plant that's so cool the the trees on the outside of a forest on the edge of the forest are going to be the strongest trees of the forest because of exactly what you said another thing is microgreens uh, microgreens are incredibly nutrient dense they're delicious and they're really easy to grow yeah for sure again i want to encourage folks that follow my work that are digging on this uh, interview here just you can tune your mind towards solutions instead of problems. And whenever you hit an obstacle, you don't get downtrodden. You don't get frustrated. Although a little frustration is perfectly natural. You let that frustration add fuel to your fire to figure out how are you going to overcome this obstacle? You don't just stop and nothing, or you're just so frustrated and overwhelmed. You don't move forward. There's always a way, right? If there's a will, there's a way. And that's the cool thing about permaculture. It's, it's not just about growing food. It's an overall life philosophy too, about yeah. solutions and, and being in harmony with what it is that you're facing, uh, whether it's people, the earth, work, whatever. Yeah, it's our business model. Like permaculture is literally our business model. I'll just uh, go through a, these 12 really yeah, briefly. Um, observe and interact. Right? When you can, in any system, 
whether it's business, culture, community, family, when you can observe and interact, then that's where the magic happens. Catch and store energy, right? Water is so important too. When you, when water normally, it rains down and it takes your nutrients right off your land and it puts them into the gully, which goes into the ditch and into the lake or the ocean, right? When you slow the water down and sink it, you catch and store that energy along with solar energy. There's ways to use um, big black barrels to have heat sinks to create microclimates. There's a million ways to do that. Obtain a yield, whether it be business, whether it be joy, or whether it be food production. Always obtain a yield. That's the goal. Um, apply self-regulation and accept feedback. This is so important, folks. Let go of all the need to be right. I love being proven wrong because it elevates me to a new level of understanding about what's real, right? So enjoy, like really love this idea that where am I wrong? Where am I not seeing with my real eyes clearly? And when you open yourself up to that, massive change happens. Um, use and value renewable resources and services. This is like, we look at everybody in our network. We're all resources. We're resourceful. And we all create the service of this mission, which is to free the world. Um, use and, uh, and then produce no waste. This one I have trouble with. Produce no waste. All right. How do I do that? I don't know how to do that in my life. I have trash every week that goes out. So I'm still, I've still got some stuff to learn here in this one. And every time I read it, I go, oh, gosh, where can I do better? Um, design from patterns to details, right? Look at the big picture. And this is how I love to reverse engineer anything. So I have a, a, an idea, a goal, and I say, okay, this is my end result. My end, the end goal is a free global society, the end of world hunger, the end of tyranny globally. That's, that's what's happening. Now, how do we reverse engineer that down to the very details? And that's where I'm so excited about the network that we've put together at Food Forest Abundance because we've got so many details. It, we're going to do a three-hour session laying out all the details, the financing arm, the, the topia, and all that stuff. Um, integrate rather than segregate. Right When you can utilize the different resources and integrate the people, the thoughts, the ideas, again, this idea of like-mindedness or monocultures is not strong. It's weak and it's unsustainable. So when we can integrate, then people say, well, what if I get locusts or bugs or worms or snails? When you have a hundred different species of plants growing on your property, they're going to get some of them, but you're not going to feed a family that now grows into bazillions of creatures. You're going to just feed a little bit. And then the wasps are going to be your frontline generals and the spiders, which take out hundreds of millions of metric tons of mosquitoes and bugs per year. Like these are not our enemies to be poisoned. These are our friends that are actually protecting your food supply. <laughs> that to me is just so awesome. Um, use small and slow solutions. This is another one that I look at what's going on in the world right now. Time is of the essence. So I'm like, okay, how do we use small and slow solutions rapidly? And that's where we scale and we create processes that bring these solutions to more people in a way that is very achievable. And by the way, we never quit. If we have an issue in a food forest installation, people call us up and say, hey, there's tree was in the wrong place. I can't see or um, my plants aren't growing because of the soil that we purchased. We'll, we'll just fix it. 
Like that's that's what we do. That's how we do it, and it's 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 just a lot of fun. Um, use and value diversity. Diversity again is the foundation of the strength of a system. Um, oh, the edges. Use edges and value the marginal. The edges are where all the magic happens. If you look at any system, it's the edge of the system that contains the most diversity and the most life. So create those edges and really look at what's coming out of those edges. It's so cool. And then creatively use and respond to change. This is where John was saying, turn the problem into the solution by stepping back from the problem and asking the question, what's great about this? What can I do? And it's usually the exact opposite, right? Like if you have a drainage problem, the problem is drainage. The solution is drainage, better drainage. Then you can turn any problem into a solution by looking at it through this lens. Nice. Right on. Yeah, I always figured out how to do, we have these voles. They're like moles, uh, but they're smaller and they're digging up our yard, right? So we have a 10 acre property, so we don't really have like a front yard. Uh, I do mow a small area around just so the grass is short, but we got these wildflowers and blue bonnets popping up yes. all over. So we just let it flow. Uh, but there was something about the damn voles that upset me because they dig these holes and they leave these big piles of dirt. And it's it's mostly an aesthetic thing. So I was like, what can I do about these voles? Obviously, I'm not going to poison them. I'd rather not kill them. But then it just got to thinking, like, when it comes to permaculture, like, maybe I don't need to do anything. And in fact, maybe they're aerating the ground and making it more bountiful for future yields and for the plants to thrive. And then there's even been a few times where me and my son would take the uh, wheelbarrow and we go scoop up that nice aerated soil and then take it and put it in the pots and stuff. So that's it's awesome. always uh, creatively using and responding to change. Okay, cool. Before we let you go, why don't you give us a teaser of what you're going to be speaking about at the at the land summit? I don't know if you thought that far, but uh, oh yeah, your speech at the Greater Reset was just it just blew everybody away. Everyone was just so captivated and, and pumped up afterwards. So uh, why don't you give us a little tease about what you're going to be talking about? I'll be talking about freedom and the steps to freedom, the freedom from the metaphysical, which is releasing the fear and the programming and getting into inner standing. Don't understand. Don't overstand. Understand. So I'll be speaking about that from a place of centeredness and then also given the details about here are the next steps that everybody can do. Everybody gets to do. And there's no have to's. There's no need to's. There's none of that force and violence mandate bullshit. It's I want to because it's good for me. It makes me feel good. It's good for my family and our world. Excellent. I can't wait. I can't wait. And remember, folks can watch free online at exitandbuildlandsummit.com or you can join us in person May 13th to the 15th with 500 freedom lovers. I, I like to use the word like mine, but I'm like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't. That's uh, my good friend Erica too. She's also presenting. She also got on to me about like-minded because I always say like-minded freedom lovers and stuff. But you got a good point about the whole polyculture and and the variety. Um, she suggests that we call ourselves the activated, right? The greater reason activation. That. So we're the activated, the folks that are aware. Not only are we aware and activated internally, but we're active and we're taking action to change yes. the world. Stuff. So. You're definitely among the activated, Mr. Gale, and I appreciate you joining us today. Uh, throw the website out again for folks. Uh, wait, real quick. Somebody said uh, on Odyssey, I, I don't want to discount our Odyssey audience over here. My wife and I are looking to buy a house. Are you aware of any developments similar to God's Landing that aren't yet sold out? They are in Florida. So I don't know if there's a mm. sister project or maybe they can get in touch with you somehow to put them on a waiting list for the next project or what's that all about? 
So I love that. So get a hold of us and we've got a mailing list where we give tips and things about growing food and everything we're doing. So get on our mailing list and we'll send something out about once a week. And I think that is coming soon. Um, a lot of developers are wanting to turn their whole developments to what we've shown, what we've proven. I also want to give a shout out to the Delta 8 that John has. I had some of that after the, um, the last uh, event and it was it's phenomenal. Thank you, John. Okay. All right. I've been promoting the land summit. I'm neglecting my other business, Brave Botanicals. Oh, this is actually, this is another company. We have similar bottles. I'm using a different one. Usually I have the logo here and I'm like, Brave Botanicals, free product <laughs> placement. But yeah, people can try the gummies for free at freedelta8gummies.com. Freedelta8.com the number eight gummies.com and you can get free yes. five pack to And if you have a date night with your wife or significant other, I tell you what, it's good stuff. Maybe it's free D eight. I don't even know my own freaking URL here. <laughs> it's free D eight gummies.com free D the number eight gummies.com. You can try free five pack. Um, my whole thing with marketing, I don't like to give out two calls to action at once. So sign up for the land summit, excellentbuildlandsummit.com. Get you some gummies. Take a gummy before you go to the land summit or before you watch it online. 3d8gummies.com. All right. And your website is foodforceabundance.com, right? Yeah. Food forest. And sometimes it puts two R's in forest. So just one R, abundance.com. Cool. All right. Thanks again for joining us. And we'll see you pretty soon here in May. Awesome, John. Have a good time, everybody. See you Thanks. soon. Bye. All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Live Free Now show, the official podcast of Live Free Academy, where we bring you news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. I'm so grateful that you joined us today. Remember, Jim Gale will be presenting at the Exxon Build Land Summit May 13th through the 15th. You can tune in for free online, watch day one and day two, or you can purchase a virtual immersion pass, watch day one, day two, and day three with a keynote speech from Joel Salatin. Plus, you get access to the replays and recordings, and you get to ask questions as well. There's some awesome free bonuses we tossed in as well. Or if you'd like, you can join us in person May 13th through the 15th in Bastrop, Texas. Over 500 activated people will be hanging out. There'll be lunches provided from local restaurants and farm-to-table meals. It's going to be quite the exceptional event. Again, you can register or get your tickets to join us in person at ExitAndBuildLandSummit.com. That's Exit and Build. LandSummit.com. John Bush, peace and freedom. I'm out. Thanks.